Wow, this is overwhelming, but in a great and awesome way. God is so good and he does things so well, amen? Only God can do a thing like this, is that right? Now, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an amen kind of preacher, so now if you talk back to me, I'll talk back to you and I'll get you on out of here, amen? Amen. I like it. <laughs> amen. I want to turn, I, I, I want you to turn with me into your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. As I was consulting with the Holy Spirit, what was it that he wanted me to say? I could not get this scripture out of my mind. So I know that it's for a time such as this. Amen. And while you all are turning there, I, I really want to give honor to my friend and my brother, Pastor Keith, who from the very first time that I came up here to these high country, these beautiful mountains, he was one of the first persons outside of our denomination to reach out to me, and we have been connected ever since, and he's shown mad support for me. So I honor him and his wife and his family and this beautiful, beautiful church body and to our beautiful church the Jones Temple AME Zion Church, I greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, if you have it, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, just say wait. <laughs> all right, we'll keep it going. Uh, go down with me to verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Last verse. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I could talk to you from the topic this morning, I will come from the subject, let's suit up and take a stand. Let's suit up and take a stand. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to speak a message to this your rating congregation. I ask that you would dip me down in a well of wisdom. Don't let Greg say anything that he's not supposed to say. But God, you speak through me in the name of the Lord Jesus. And on this awaiting congregation, let us opening, open up our listening ears and open our, our seeing eyes and our hearts that we may be able to receive a word from the Lord. We love you and we praise you. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. I text, uh, Pastor Keith and I was texting this morning and he asked me how it was and I told him, I said, Pastor Keith, I'm nervous. And so um, when I'm nervous, I'm nervous all the time. I'm a nervous shrek all the time. So when I'm nervous, I just kind of like to sing a line or two of some of my favorite songs. Is that okay? Just, just one or two lines. That's it. There is a name I love to hear. I love 
and it didn't feel good. My experience with bullying is one that I would never want to go through again, but here I am, 37 years old, finding myself still going through that process all over again. How? A while ago, I told this story to the church some time ago at Jones Temple. I mentioned um, under my voice as I was completing an assignment at work, whew, Jesus is so worthy, which was said out of aspiration and the assignment got, got on my complete last nerve, and a coworker said to me, you aren't supposed to worship Jesus, you know that, right? I said to myself, first of all, I wasn't really talking to you, but instead of having a smart mouth, I said, please explain. My coworker started to express her viewpoint, and as she was making her point, I was thinking uh, to myself, in myself, goodness, this is, this is blasphemy. This is the total opposite of what I believe about my Jesus. I interrupted her as she continued to go on and on, and I said, I'm sorry that you feel this way, but here's what I believe, and why I believe, and what I believe. I begin to share testimonies about my life and why Jesus gets all the praise. I don't know when or where, but the conversation started to get heated, so I gracefully stated, thanks for the conversation, as we aren't going to land on the same conclusion, and I told her, that's okay. One thing, church, that I've learned is that I refuse to argue the truth with someone. Either they will see the truth down here, or they will see the truth in judgment. A few days had went by, and when I walked past her desk, she would say little smart remarks. Annoyed by her, I would ignore her. She would bring literature to work to share with me, and I would be so annoyed because per our last conversation, let's agree to disagree. Let's move on. So another coworker witnessed and saw that I was annoyed one day because this lady is now bullying me and taunting me to believe what she believes. Witnessing this rudeness and this witnessing me being uncomfortable, the other coworker stood up and said, hey ma'am, what is your problem? We all have a right to believe what we want to believe and you can't force what you believe on someone else. Then she said, if you keep bullying and harassing Greg, I'm personally going to call HR and I'm thinking to myself, why well, did not think of that? <laughs> My point is that someone stood up for me and no, I'm not a pushover because uh, I can stand up for myself, but I'm at work. I'm trying to keep myself professional, but it was nice to know that someone else saw what was happening and made their voice heard. And here's my point. Regardless of creed, race, and beliefs, if there was never a time before to take a stand, now is the time. Because Malcolm X said that if you don't, then you'll fall for anything. As I take a look over the recessives of where we are physically in this current society and in this generation, I can't help but see spiritually where we are lacking concerning where we are now. If the church universal responds how the Holy Spirit wants us to respond, a lot of what we see today could be abolished. I have yet to hear a response from the church universal, from innocent children in school getting education, murdered, and lives taken away from them. Where was the church? Where is the church universal in all of these massacres and gang and drug violence? And in order for the church to be there, we've got to take a look at where we are spiritually. I'm really not a good political uh, um, preacher, but that's my part of my politics part. <laughs> The truth of the matter is that 
this is where I'm good at the Bible. The truth of the matter is that our adversary, the enemy, wants the church to think it's a physical fight. He wants us to look through our physical eyes at the climate that we're currently in and, and, and what we live in so that we can get in our flesh to handle business. We are mad at the state of our nation and he wants us to be in our feelings so that he can control our thought process and make us so angry that we want to fight with our physical hands. But the devil is a liar. Everything the devil ever told us was a lie. Amen? Everything he ever showed us is a lie. But it looks and sounds good because he knows that we are an emotional people so he will trick us to get into our feelings so that we will want to fight physically. Listen, so many have succumbed to the tricks and schemes of the enemy, our adversary, because we are too busy going by what we see in our physical man instead of walking by our faith. And therefore, we have become weak in our faith. But the Apostle Paul tells us in the text today that if we're going to take a stand, we've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We put our dependency on other people. We put our dependency on other things. We have put our dependency in political people and in our government. But you see, those things will let us down every time. And those things will cause us to become weak. We've got to have a balance and be strong in the Lord. This uh, suggestion uh, or suggests to me that if we're strong in the Lord, then just maybe we can take a stand in this current climate. We are fighting so many battles day in and day out on our jobs, in our schools, in our community, racism and all other kind of schisms and all of these injustices until we forgot that we can't do it in our own strength. We aren't strong enough. We think we are, but let me bust your bubble really quick. None of us in here is strong enough to fight this battle in our own strength. If the church universal is going to stand up, if the church in this community is going to take a stand, we must stand in the strength of the Lord and in the power of his might. Because if we do it in the power of his might, we cannot be defeated. If we do it in God, we cannot be overthrown. I wish I had somebody in First United to help me preach this morning. But here's the thing, we trust our cute little flesh a little bit too much. You think you're strong enough and your flesh will let you down. This flesh that we're wearing, it will fail us every time. If we put our trust in our own strength, it will let us down. So as a Bible-believing community, as a Bible-believing church, we've got to understand that this battle really does not belong to us, but it belongs to the Lord. And if we allow the Lord to daunt us in his strength, it won't uh, make the battle easy, but it will make it easier to take a stand. Amen? Not only do we be strong in the Lord, but the Apostle Paul tells the church at Ephesus that you have to suit up. You got to suit up so that you can take a stand. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul said that we have to put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to do what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. And what is wiles of the devil? They are devious and cunning schemes and strategies of the enemy to manipulate our minds and deceive us. 
So we have to suit up in order for us to come against his manipulations and his strategies and his tricks and his wiles. If you left somebody at home today or if you get out of here and you call somebody on the phone, the first thing I want you to tell them to do is when you see them or when you talk to them, say, hey, let's suit up. Because if we're going to fight this fight against inequality and all of these injustices, then hear me clearly on this Juneteenth Sunday morning, it's time for the church to suit up. It's time for us to regain our focus. It's time for us to get, uh, get restricted in Christ because uh, one of the wiles of the enemy that he has inflicted upon us uh, is in the church making us think that this thing is all about fighting each other. But the Apostle Paul tells us in the Bible, what? That we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let me park the car right here. I saw a lot of physical activity as I attended some of these riots downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, and I thought to myself, physical activity isn't going to do anything. It's not going to solve anything. It's just going to make everything worse. But it, it, physical activity is going to make us stray further from missions and goals and our purpose that this thing is not about us fighting against each other's flesh. Amen? But it's about fighting against the wiles of the enemy because he has hijacked our thought process. It has to be a trick of the enemy for blacks to be against whites and Asians to be against what it has to be a wild of the enemy if we know our purpose in Christ if we know our purpose as disciples if we know our purpose as sons and daughters of God then we will be able to, to defeat any obstacle that comes our way if we're able to recognize Satan and his tricks I came to tell your church that we can fight and we will win What else are we fighting against? What else do we need to recognize in the body of Christ if we're going to take a stand together and, 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 and see what's going on in our society? We've got to recognize that not only do we fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Church, let me tell you, that in order to win, I got a little secret for you. And some of y'all may already know the secret, but the secret is that we are in a spiritual warfare that has for centuries translated into the physical realm. And here's the thing, that if no one else couldn't recognize that this is a fight spiritually, uh, then they can't see that it really is a fight. It's a physical one. That's, that's what the enemy is trying to make us think. If you can't see it spiritually, then you're going to think that it is physical. And the reason why the church universal can't see what's going on in the spiritual realm is because the church has become a political headquarters. The church has become one of the most judgmental spaces that I ever stepped foot in. I may not be talking about First United and Jones Temple, but the church universal. The church now is about popularity and notoriety. The church has become a place where it's about how we feel. I don't feel like Pastor Keith should have preached that message. I don't feel the choir should have sung that song. I feel, I feel, I feel, and now we've turned into a field ministry. But then there are a few of us in, sitting in First United Methodist that says it's not about any of that. It's about us standing together and upholding the blood-stained banner together. 
focus off of him. And now our focus is on things that Jesus Christ himself isn't concerned about. He's not concerned about some of this stuff. Here's a funny little thing that I like to say. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the enemy has slipped into our political system. We can't seem to come together in our legislative system. Our judicial system is overturning laws that protect our women. It's, it, 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 and then our judicial system is off. Everybody is blaming everybody. People are pointing fingers at each other and fighting one another. And Satan himself is sitting back in the corner of hell. And he's laughing at us, sipping on his hot tea. And he's watching us wreak havoc. He's watching us wreak havoc with each other because he himself knows the fight isn't against us. It's really against him, but he's sitting back just chilling. Yet we aren't prepared. Why do I say that? Because we aren't praying like we should. Some of us wouldn't pray until we come to church on Sundays. We aren't fasting like we should. We aren't believing God like we should. We have gotten away from basic commandments like the one that says, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. We are forgetting the importance of upholding the standards of Christ, the standards that says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Standards like, blessed is the man that walketh not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, and the church we are falling away. Reverend Greg, Pastor Greg, how do you know we are falling away? I know because the church is doing the opposite of what David wrote here. They are taking counsel with the ungodly. Because if we weren't taking counsel with the ungodly, the Bible says that we would be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, which bring forth its fruit in its season. We aren't bearing any fruit these days because we have lost our way and we are fighting the wrong fight. But now that we have it figured out, John Simple and First United, now that we have been reminded and now that we know uh, who and what we are fighting against, we have got to get suited up. The Bible says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And I don't know about anybody else, Reverend Becky, but if you look at our current condition, you would agree with me that we are living in evil days. I don't know about anybody else, but it, it, listen, we're in evil days. How do I know we're living in evil days? Because every time we turn on the news, we keep hearing about murders and robbers. And how do I know that we're living in an evil day? Because rapists and terrorists are on the loose. How do I know that we're in evil days? Because the church has left its post and we would rather do everything else except preach the gospel of Jesus. And the Bible says, if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Can I be myself this morning? It is here to them that are lost. But as for me, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Jones Temple, First United Methodist, it's time for us to put our differences to the side and it's time for us to put on our war clothes and take unto us the whole armor of God. So, 
Person United, I don't want you to get tired of me. So I'm going to end right here. <laughs> Lastly, I want to end this message the way I started it. Malcolm X said, and he challenged us to stand. But not only did Malcolm challenge us, the Apostle Paul also said that after we put our strength in the Lord, after we recognized who this fight was against, and after we put on the whole armor of God balcony, I didn't forget about you, he said, having to done all, stand. We are standing against evil. We are standing against unrighteousness. We are standing against injustices. We are standing against racism. We are standing against killing and murdering. Oh, come on, church, let's take a stand. We, what, what are we standing against? We are standing against police brutality. We are standing against lying politicians. We are standing against wolves in sheep's clothing who has crept their way into the household of faith. Why? Because the kingdom, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent Take it by force. Let's stand and let's get suited. Amen. Yeah.